1: Welcome, everybody. I'm your host, Brian Basilico, and this is the podcast where you learn to make your business sizzle online. So are you ready to fry up some new business? Hey, peeps, I am... Uber excited. I have an incredible guest, somebody that I had a chat with and just had to get on the podcast. His name is Keith Reynolds, and he's with Publio, which is an internet marketing style firm. And today we're going to learn about something called the new content culture. So,
0: Keith, how you doing, man? I'm well. Thanks for having me on the show, Brian.
1: Oh, absolutely. So your company is based in somewhere in the East Coast, but you're in Denver, right?
0: Yeah, I actually had the blessing of uh, starting my company in Connecticut. And then last year I came out to Denver because both my kids are out here and I, I haven't left yet.
1: Awesome. Hey, well, that's exactly why I moved to Raleigh, because one of my kids are here. But the one in Chicago was pissed that I love. So I have to fly <laughs> back and say hi. Huh. But that's okay. Um, you know, you can't be in two places at once. Or can you? I don't know. You we'll can find out.
0: fly between them. That's what I've been doing.
1: And exactly what I'm planning on doing this weekend. So anyways, thanks for coming on. I want my audience to get to know you a little better. So my question for you is, how did you go from being a financial numbers geek to a guru using computers and internet marketing and that kind of stuff?
0: Uh, Well, I was very lucky uh, when I got out of college. uh, I moved to New York City. And I was working for an agency, um, just kind of a first job out of college. And they knew I had been doing uh, programming concerts and events uh, when I was in college. And so they sent me down to a brownstone and said, go work with these guys. They're trying to do something about college marketing uh, of computers. And well, it was IBM's response to Apple's having. Uh, basically geniuses in the college bookstores in black um, turtlenecks and selling the Mac and and IBM's uh, was having its lunch eaten on college campuses. So I came in and I talked about computer fairs and all the things you could do, how to work with the dorms, how to work with the student union. And lo and behold, I became IBM's first collegiate rep traveling around the country and training the kids who were working on campuses uh, to sell computers and it was just a, an amazing way to start my career
1: very cool and then so you had a stint at kodak too and you got to testify in front of congress
0: is that right well yeah so the ibm geekiness turned got me to uh uh learn about websites and the internet was coming down the pike and i realized that the college bookstore which we We tried to drive everybody into the college bookstore to get a demo and meet with somebody. And I realized that a website could replace a college bookstore in the future. And so I started building websites for people and that led me to content marketing. And in 2010, I built a blog for a startup and was asked to testify to Congress based on the content. And that led us out to Sandia National Laboratory because I showed up to the hearing and they said, oh, you need to meet Bob. And that's how content marketing works. Publish something and talk to people. And that led me then to Kodak a few years later, and we did chief packaging officer. I was working for an agency, and I was the managing editor, basically, for this publication. And we built uh, an audience of 16,000 people, and we had about 60 people in our in our pipeline that came out of publishing an article once a month, curating news every week, and doing a webinar once a quarter. Within two years, they had an offer to buy the division. They have been shopping this division around. It was no longer strategic. And the negotiations in the M&A deal were, we want the blog. Hmm. And that made me realize that there's enterprise value in companies producing content. And you have to think of it as an investment. It'll not only fill your pipeline, but it is an asset on your balance sheet.
1: Absolutely. Well put, my man. So explain to me the new content culture you wrote a book and what what does that mean? What what do people need to understand about that?
0: That in today's world uh with with us so connected as we are, your personal brand is really important and it is the way that you express yourself to your community of people. And the the it, it's down to the level of part of my persona, like it or not, you know, and to, to decide not to be in the media is fine. It's a decision that you need to make from an informed perspective. By and large, we are a culture now where part of our persona is is our media presence. Um it's it's like Andy Warhol's 15 minutes of fame, right? Is mm-hmm. uh, and yet it's not just 15 minutes. It's part of your life. And if so if you develop it into a system uh and if you have a strategy, then you understand that it, it, it is an asset, you're willing to maybe invest in it and hire a, a virtual assistant to help you do it. You don't have to do it all by yourself, but you do have to put on a show.
1: Right. Absolutely. And you have to, I mean, first and foremost, you have to have original ideas. You know, chat GPT is freaking everybody out. It's like, oh, it's going to take my place. No, it's not because... You have life experience that ChatGPT doesn't, and you can put a perspective and spin on things. So the question becomes, with this new content culture, what is the perceived problem that everybody is trying to solve with online marketing, content marketing, SEO, all these other things? What, what is the perceived problem?
0: I think, um, and we were talking about it earlier, but, you know, the idea is not to become an influencer and yet they feel that you have to, and you've got to have a bazillion followers. And that's really not how it works. It's really about helping you in the community that you navigate through and to have that presence so that people are, are thinking about what you're thinking about or have questions about what you're doing, or before you show up to a meeting, you're looking at at them and being able to have a conversation with somebody that also has a personal brand. It's not about having a million people. We, we were chatting earlier before, you know, there's 4 billion people on the internet, but how many do you need to be successful this year? And that's your audience.
1: Right. And mine is four. I mean, that's really all I need. And that's the same thing that I promote to my clients. You know, they, they always lean back to, we're not getting enough hits on our website. You know, and I always tell people, hey, I can get you a million hits tomorrow for 500 bucks. Do you want that? And everybody kind of goes, yeah, I said, yeah. So but the problem is you're going to have to redo your website in Farsi and Russian and nobody's ever going to buy from you, but you'll get those million hits. And when I say that, they finally get it. What they really need is, you know, one person a week to make a purchase and whether it's a current customer, past customer or something like that. So. So the, the real problem is not necessarily, you know, getting followers, right? You know, get your 30,000 on LinkedIn, get your 5,000 on Facebook. What you're really trying to do, the real problem is figuring
0: out who to talk to, correct? It, it is. And, and now those places that you're talking, it, it's no longer Facebook. It's probably if you're a professional, maybe LinkedIn, but there's forums, Twitch, Mm -hmm. Medium, Slack. Mm -hmm. This is where the media is happening, and so what you have on LinkedIn or on your Instagram is on the outer ring. But what you're trying to do is go into the inner sanctum and have relationships with people. And we've spent this whole period of the pandemic being on Zoom, and and now we're used to forming really rich relationships where we do commerce with people, we do big deals, and we, you know, we we um, uh, use DocuSign to to formalize our contracts, and and mm-hmm. all we're seeing is this much of each other, right? Right. But the goal is to get into the inner sanctum, and, and so the external content helps you do that. And again, it's not about having 2 million people, it's 20, 30, 50, 500 to help you make your numbers this year.
1: Exactly. And one of the things that the pandemic did is turned us all into zombies. You know, we don't want to sit in front of our computers as much. So I'm a firm believer in you can do that to start, but it's always best to get out and meet people in person and that kind of stuff. And that's that's really
0: where the relationships are are cauterized. So that's really important because every business is different. Like my clients are all over North America and and some in foreign countries, right? So I'm never going to meet them. I've mm-hmm. got to make a, a a really impactful relationship that's that's strong, you know, built very strong. And I can I can find ways to do that. But if you're in Broomfield, Colorado, then you have a local presence. Mm-hmm. And so you build it on your your knowledge and expertise that may be global or you can build it on the local relationships and everyone every business is different that's part right. of how up you with your strategy
1: exactly and and you know it, it, whatever combination works for you but it's understanding who those people are and that's one of the things about your content strategy is putting the content out there to identify the people that have like-mindedness or needs that match what you're putting out there and then getting them to start a conversation and building a relationship, right?
0: That's it. That's what the media helps you do today.
1: Right. So what's the solution to this problem? What do people need to understand about creating media, getting it out there? Those kind of things.
0: I think the most important thing is that it's part of an overall picture. And so, when I wrote my book, "The New Content Culture," I outlined seven things that if you focus on those, you will have success. Um, what degree of success maybe dependent more on how hard you work it. Uh, but literally, I've gotten budgets funded in within large corporations on these seven buckets. So what's our North Star idea? Mm-hmm. What is our editorial strategy? What's the editorial calendar and that Once you put your content on a calendar, you're making a commitment, right? You're mm-hmm. you're now saying, well, I'm going to hire someone to write it or I'm going to write it myself. I'm going to make a video. I'm going to put out this content on Instagram or Facebook or or LinkedIn. I'm going to um, create content on a calendar. But then I also have to have a separate decision in bucket number three is where do I distribute my content? It's going to be uh, I'm, like for me most of my work is on LinkedIn um the other ones are nice but I don't I, I don't get the same professional relationships out of other social media platforms that I get on LinkedIn so that's a conscious choice to distribute my content through LinkedIn uh and and then also to use the social media platforms to bring people back to your website where you now control the the conversation you, the content you put up is on in your your real estate, if you will. Mm-hmm. You need to have a community and events strategy. So the content that you put up online also needs to work on the ground. And what I when I work with people, I help them realize that even though we're going digital, the vast majority of our leads are going to happen by going to events, attending uh, other people's events, putting on your own events um and and so you know most of the lead generation happens in the offline but what's the first thing that somebody does when they meet you at an event
1: they shake hands and either hand you a business card or ask what you do
0: and then they go back home and look you up online
1: exactly yep
0: they're researching you so they're going to research you so you might as well define what they're going to find and not leave it to happenstance
1: exactly that's one of the reasons i think that um People kind of misconstrue what their LinkedIn profile is for. People still think it's a resume. Um, Yeah. You know, and that's a way to
0: start a conversation. I'm sorry, but I'll blow through the the seven. Yeah, no, no. I
1: want to get the, yeah, I want to get the other ones in there because basically you're outlining the steps of what people need to consider and
0: do. Correct. Correct. So then now those first four were all about, creating the attention, creating the content, and getting your distribution where you place all of that, right? So you're making a conscious decision for that. Well, once you start getting a, a response back, you want to connect your CRM to your website. So you, now you're making your website interactive and part of your business process, just like a retail store owner would have a really excellent retail store, you want and, and know that when you walk in, they're like, hi, Bob, right? They know mm-hmm. you. Your website can do that. It, 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 and by connecting it to your CRM, you log the conversations, you know what people are watching, you know what content they're consuming. It helps you have a, a conversation with them. It helps you qualify them. So that technology platform is, is really important. You need to have a sales uh, enablement, I call it. It's a technical term, but it's basically, how does this help me sell? and really go in and work with your sales team to train them how to use the content in their daily activity. And that means you need to go to the salespeople and understand how you can help them, right? And mm-hmm. as well as them on what you need them to do. And then lastly, the last bucket is you have to have an ROI model, you know, as as the guy that hired me into IBM used to say, does that dog hunt? Right. And- <laughs> and, and it, we've got to make sure that if we are investing in uh all of the social media and content and all the things that we do there's there's a return that's going to support a strong business
1: and that's one of the keys that i think that people have the hardest time with is especially the people that go down the seo slash paid advertising trap you know is it's easy to get metrics but it's really hard to take those metrics and confirm them back to the ROI. You may see increased sales, but there's no easy way to tweak those two things unless you're doing the pieces
0: that you brought up in those seven steps. That's exactly right. If you put those together, it's a holistic approach and you're getting the data and you have to realize that um, – And, and Apple, Amazon, all these, Google, they all run on this. The The metrics aren't about having exact precision. It's not about measurement. It's about improvement. Right. If I'm capturing 75% of the activity, but I see it month over month over month, and I'm seeing improvement, that's more important than getting that 75% to 100%.
1: Exactly. And I think the 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 hardest piece of this and i've learned this by working with sales teams and training sales teams and all other things is getting people to look at things differently people don't like change getting sales to see the power of what's happening going to the crm and actually using it and not just considering it a rolodex you know those those are the kind of things that i think are really hard do you have any case studies companies that you worked with outcomes that you can kind of show how those seven steps and the new content culture has has changed the way they do business and had a you know positive outcome
0: Uh, absolutely um you know the one that got me inspired to write the book was the Kodak case study that we mentioned and I think the most important thing from that was not only did we fill the pipeline to plan Mm -hmm. it made a commitment to the business uh, as a general manager that that this was the, the pipeline that he was going to build and and then they knew their numbers they knew their closing rates so uh unwa- great unwashed market to traffic to leads to opportunities to sales right mm-hmm. that waterfall um was important and it it sustained the program within the business but then when they went to sell the division they sold the the blog and it became part of the m&a negotiations to close the mm. deal, to sell the division. Um, and then that chief packaging officer uh, blog that we built went f- when that company was acquired. And uh, we, that was 2015. So this is eight years ago. And you can still mm. go look up chief packaging officer. The third acquisition, um, or the third acquirer, I should say, still runs the blog. Hmm. so the 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 staying power and the branding and the connectivity to your your audience is has enterprise value uh, that that shows up on your balance sheet, not just the pipeline value. but the the reality is uh, with so much content online, as we were talking about it, it's not about having millions and millions of people. All they cared about was having fifty nine leads in their pipeline that were qualified leads because they knew they'd make their numbers out of that 59.
1: Right. So the key things I'm hearing from you, number one is understanding what it is that you're trying to achieve. Number two is having a system that does that. Three, making it measurable. And four, having some kind of ROI. I know there's seven steps, but those key things is, number one, knowing what you want to achieve having you know making sure that you have a system in place um implementing that system and then making sure there's some ROI involved in it and and the consistency of a content calendar and all that thing makes total sense yeah
0: and and the cool thing is I mean there's an element of you have to have some courage right and you'd ask me how I went from being a a geek to a guru mm-hmm uh, you've got to be willing to put yourself out there. I was always the back-of-the-house guy. I was a strategy guy, account manager, mm-hmm. never out on the front. But when I had this transformational experience, I wanted to tell people. So I started taking public speaking and I started writing about it. And, and then I got people to talk to me about it. And I've built my career now over the last seven years on this idea of thinking like a publisher. And what do publishers do? They they build an audience and they monetize mm-hmm. that audience by selling it to somebody else in the form of advertising and sponsorships. But today, in, in this world that we've been talking about, what what if you have an audience and you, you, you can mine that, right. that audience that you've built to build leads? You know the value of a lead to your business, or you should and so you can then figure out how big your audience has has to be to help you make your numbers
1: absolutely Man, lots of great information. And, you know, I love your system, love your energy. I love everything about the things that we talked about today. And you are like a brother from another mother. I mean, we basically speak from the same hymnal, right? Um, it's been great. Yeah.
0: Kids from Illinois. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's awesome. So if people wanted to know more about you and what you're doing in Publio, how do they find you? What's the best way for them to get a hold
0: of you? Uh, well, you can go to my website, which is publi.io and as i said i'm on linkedin i have a podcast uh been interviewing amazing people i started out i mean this is another thing is start small Mm -hmm. and get build your build up build your confidence build your content but you end up with a library i mean the fact that i interviewed local business people and the local ceo of uh, orchestra lumos the the symphony in stanford connecticut uh, i'm now talking to people globally Mm -hmm. because it, it's time over target with this stuff and don't get discouraged so come and see what i've been doing and if you have questions i'd love to help you get on on the way on your journey
1: outstanding and i agree with you 110 percent. i mean i've been doing this podcast got 800 plus episodes and oh, wow. you know it's something that i i do specifically number one to meet people like you but number two if somebody's researching you they end up finding me. Not that, you know, we're, we're competing against each other, but there are other people like I've had Bob Berg. I know you've had Bob Berg. Um, if people are searching for that, you get discovered because you're intro you know, you're introducing some people to the world and some people are finding you because they know of somebody very popular so it's it's a win-win for everybody so dude this has been fantastic i want to thank you for coming on spending some time and dropping some sizzling hot bacon knowledge bombs on my peeps i so look forward to continuing this conversation
0: we owe a shout out to stan for putting us together he's been like one of my biggest supporters over the years and it sounds like he's one of yours and
1: oh absolutely really i've just met him coming down here and i'm using everything that you talked about to get to know people and that's exactly how it works so man this has been fantastic thanks for coming on thank you so much thank you for letting us
0: sprinkle some bacon bits into your brains want some more learn more about this podcast and our guest experts at baconpodcast.com have questions send them to ask at baconpodcast.com until next time keep sizzling and remember it's all about the bacon